Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. We'll get you set for puck drop, Jets and Flames Thursday night. Mitchell Clinton of Jets TV stops by to help preview the action. We're also going to hear from Winnipeg Blue Bombers linebacker Kyrie Wilson. Just signed a two-year extension with Blue and Gold. That's all coming up on the podcast. Mitchell Clinton of Jets TV. 24 hours, less than 24 hours away now from puck drop of Flames and Jets. Mitchell, how excited are you for some hockey here in Winnipeg? Incredibly excited. Uh, just even being uh, in the building for the practices the last, well, I guess since Monday. And just, I mean, you get a little bit of a sense of the feel. Uh, we were doing kind of some prep work last night and started to see kind of how some of the lighting and everything's going to work inside the building. So um, that just makes you a little bit more excited. So I feel like if I'm this excited on the, the eve of the start of the season for the Winnipeg Jets, I can only imagine what it's like for uh, the players, coaches, management, and for the fans, obviously. like it's It's been a while since, what's it been, about uh, four games since March. So yeah. we're, we're anxious to get going. And for the Winnipeg Jets, you, you mentioned just the, what we can expect to see from what the game's going to look like, obviously what the game's going to sound like on the radio. We have all saw what happened in the bubble, and looking at the games tonight, it looks pretty similar to the bubble. Is it going to be the same kind of in-arena loud music that works? we've come to know from Jets in-game productions? Do you, are you allowed to say? <laughs> uh, the good folks over in game production have kept it uh, pretty quiet. It was We were doing some, some tests for our pregame show, and um they we kind of handled the lighting and all that kind of stuff and then it was like all right you guys are you guys are done get on out of here so um but i would imagine they've they've got some tricks up their sleeve and uh you know everything from you know trying to make it feel as much of a game like atmosphere as possible i think from a from a player standpoint you would certainly like to to have a little bit of some some sounds and, and something to make it feel like there's there's some atmosphere there. So as much as I think it was Mark Shifley earlier this week just kind of said, you know, yeah, you know, playing in, in Bell MTS place, there's going to be, you know, some some comforts of home. But one of the big things that really that really drives the team on home ice is the crowd. So, you know, obviously not being able to have that uh, to start the season, you know, it'll be a, a little bit of a of a difference, but. Um, you know everything that the game production can do to to try to help the guys out. I'm sure they're they're looking into. So we've talked on the show already today. We heard from Kevin Chevaldeoff and Paul Maurice just about the final roster and all the kind of salary cap dominoes that they had to deal with to put together the roster that'll go on the ice tomorrow night. Basically, what we saw today with the roster doesn't really matter necessarily it's pretty much what we've seen the groupings over training camp the last week and a half right yeah and it's all just a matter of you know you get cap compliant and i thought it was quite uh, quite the wording from kevin chivaldayoff today just basically saying you know you submit your roster and then the nhl does kind of forensic accounting to make sure that it's uh, all up to speed. But what I thought really stood out from from Chevaldeoff's comments today was just number one, the flexibility that uh, that and that you have to have throughout the year, especially for like you said, you know what what the roster is today may not look that way tomorrow. Like it's just it's kind of how it's going to be for not only the Winnipeg Jets but for a lot of teams. And then the other thing that really stood out was the process in which it all had to go down. I'm sure. Um, the clips from from Kevin Chevaldeoff have been played numerous times on on CJOB today. Just 
you know, it started with Matthew Perot and then the cap savings they got from putting him on waivers and then what that allowed them to do uh, going forward from there. And then it was, okay, well, we have to put Dominic Toninato, who, you know, arrived in camp, didn't pass the, the medical there. He's getting further testing. We need to put him on injured reserve or long LTIR first at a certain date because then that allows us to put Brian Little on the, the next day, which gives us the most savings uh, and increases the salary relief pool. So I just thought all that stuff is fascinating. Don't ask me to do the math because <laughs> that was one class in, in high school that I think I did okay in, but this is math to a whole different level. Um, but still, I, I just thought it was fascinating to hear just the order that it, that had to that everything had to go in order for it to, to work out the way it did. And then also, obviously, uh, Shovel Day off giving a, a big shout-out to Matthew Perot. That's not a an easy spot for, for him to be in. I mean, it's it's a business side of things, but to sit on waivers for, for 24 hours, uh, even with the cap hit that Matthew Perot has at just north of uh, $4 bucks a season, it's a, it's a tough spot to be in because you never know for sure if, if someone's going to claim you or not. And obviously, it, it happened for Eric Comrie and Lucas Spiza, but uh, not for Perot. I feel like we spent a lot of time looking at what the fourth line will look like for this team, and it's certainly a different look this year with a lot of veteran presence with Lewis, Nate Thompson, Matthew Perot. But the reality is if this team's going to go far, it's the top two lines and better defense. So looking at the the setup for the Jets, we don't know Nikolai Ehlers' status for tomorrow night, but how does this team look compared to last year's team, at least on opening night? Well, Paul Maurice has always kind of liked the the idea of having at least a veteran center on that fourth line. Um, you think back to last season, there was the Mark Letestu was the initial plan. Obviously, then uh, myocarditis comes up for him, and uh, he ends up, you know, really getting on the doorstep of making a return last year before the uh, the pause happened, um, and then he ends up retiring uh, over the course of uh, the off season here prior to the. Uh, team's getting back going. So Nick Shore came in. He was kind of in, in that spot for a little bit. So uh, Paul Maurice really likes having a veteran fourth line, especially because guys like Nate Thompson, who who obviously has been brought in this year, you know, they, they understand the role. They know some nights they, they may creep up to 12 minutes. That's roughly what uh, Nate Thompson averaged last year uh, over the course of his season with Philadelphia and Montreal. But Nate Thompson is also mature enough to know that some nights that's going to be eight, you know, and you have to be ready and be able to perform at your best, whether it's eight or it's 12. And then you look at what what Trevor Lewis has been able to bring over the course of camp. I mean, when he got on the ice, his first day was that scrimmage in the first week of camp, and he looked like he'd been not only in camp the, the entire time, but looked like he'd been a jet for a while. Like he just seemed to really fit in quite well. Uh, he and, and Jansen Harkins at the time was on the other side and, and they seemed to hit it off really well. Um, Harkins skated as kind of the 13th forward today as he kind of inches back from the injury that kind of kept him out from the last little bit of uh, training camp here. But And then you have Matthew Perot, who today was playing on that left wing uh, with Thompson and Lewis. And that's a spot that Perot has kind of been used to playing the last year, maybe into the 18-19 into the, the season as well. Um you have guys on there that, that know the role, that can get in on pucks. You've got some big bodies and Nate Thompson, Trevor Lewis as well. And then you got Matthew Perot, who's never afraid of a forecheck. So I think what this does is it ultimately makes the Jets a team that can really roll four lines. 
and you go up the middle with what they have in terms of centers. You got Shifley, Stastny, Lowry, Thompson. I mean, those are that's a pretty good run of of, uh, of centers there. So, uh, the fourth line is going to be something that I definitely keep an eye on, especially because in this condensed season, it's going to be really tough to have those top two lines running 24 minutes a night. You know, like kind of how the the Shifley line of of years past has been going. Now, if you get a bunch of power plays, maybe that adds up. But if you're able to spread out the ice time, especially over the amount of games you're going to play in a short time, especially to open the season here, that's only going to benefit the Jets. We heard from various people, whether it was Paul Maurice, Connor Hallibuck today, Adam Lowry, Patrick Laine, about what they expect tomorrow night against a Calgary team that was the last team they faced. And we remember how heated Paul Maurice was towards Matthew Kachuk after game one where Mark Scheifele got hurt. Varying opinions on whether or not there will be any carryover from that series in terms of intensity. It was a number of months ago now. What do you, Mitchell Clinton, think will be the carryover, if any, from the playoffs? I think there will be some chippy moments. I don't know if it's going to explode in the first couple of shifts, if that makes any sense. I think... You know, scrums after the whistles, I think, are going to be there. And my guess is if if Shifley can take, you know, a little bit of an extra stick to, to Matthew Kachuk just to let him know he's there, I'm pretty sure he'll do that. But that being said, I don't, if you're the Winnipeg Jets, I don't know if you want to get into that situation either because that's something that, I mean, going into the, the qualifying round, I remember them talking about a lot is, listen, if you, if you get into a, you know, pushing and shoving match and get... Matthew Kachuk going, you know, that's the last thing you, you want. Um, there's enough uh, firepower on the Calgary Flames and enough names to worry about uh, and enough depth to worry about on the Flames without, you know, getting Kachuk rolling. And he's a guy that tends to bring a lot of energy every night. So I think, you know, you'll see a lot of checks being finished and, and whatnot. I, it's tough to say whether it'll carry over. It was a, a long time. That being said, you know, like like we talked about, you know, you think back to the, the 2018 playoff run in the first couple of games uh, that the Jets played the Nashville Predators the year after, it was intense. <laughs> it was like the, the series was still going. So um, hard to say, but if I had to put my chips, you know, on either side of the bet here, I would say it'll there'll be a little bit of some, some chippiness for sure. I think just because both teams will be fired up and ready to go to play some hockey, but I don't think we're going to see anything close to a brawl. i get Jed here on this. Are the Winnipeg Jets a playoff team this year? I think so. A lot of it, of course, is going to depend on uh, the blue line and whether you know they, they're able to reduce the, the chances against, and that was a real big focus uh, in training camp. I like what Paul Maurice has done with, with the defensive pairs early on anyways, trying to seemingly spread out some size with some puck movers. You know, you got Morrissey Pullman, Derek Forbert with Neil Pionk and Bolu with DeMello and Sammy Niku could also be a factor in there as well. I really like that to start um, just to be able to figure out exactly, you know, has Tucker Pullman taken that, that next step uh, in his career? Is he the, the same kind of guy that was in the bubble that I thought was one of Winnipeg's best defensemen? Uh, in that qualifying round. The other thing that I'm going to keep an eye on with the blue line is how active they are. With all the changes that happened on the Jets' blue line last year, especially, you know, coming out of training camp, then you had the injuries. 
the the blue line, especially near that offensive blue line, wasn't as aggressive. You didn't see them get down the walls as much or jump up in the play in the rush. I think we're going to see a little bit more of that this year. And that's only that's going to add another layer of offense coming up the ice. And that is what I think makes the Winnipeg Jets a dangerous team. We talked a little bit about the fourth line. I think they're going to chip in a little bit more offense than maybe what has been seen uh, the last couple seasons, which will help out. And then, I mean, obviously the, the big equalizer is Connor Hellebuck between the pipes and Lauren Brassois, who I think is going to play a significant role throughout the year as well. So add it all up. I think, I think the Winnipeg Jets are a playoff team. Uh, we just got to get through the 56 games to figure it out. Well, Mitchell, appreciate your time tonight as always, and we'll see you from a safe distance tomorrow night at the rink. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Christian. We're going to take a break from hockey, though, now, and we're going to talk some football. Every day there's been more players of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers re-signed for a 2021 season that we all hope happens. And the latest is linebacker Kyrie Wilson, who has signed a two-year extension. And he joins us now on the CJOB Sports Show. Kyrie, thanks for coming on the show tonight. Hey, no problem. Thanks, thanks, for, thanks for having me. Where are you tonight? I'm in Bakersfield, California. Okay. And how is life in California right now? Uh, it's, it's going, you know, just, you know, just doing, our, doing my best to stay safe, you know, and just enjoying time with family. And, you know, just, you know, just staying ready to get, ready to get back on the field. So what are the uh, restrictions COVID-wise, where you are? Um, restrictions, I was, it's like pretty much like you can't go to restaurants. Everything's really just takeout. Uh, we haven't been on lockdown. There hasn't been no lockdown yet, but it's just, you know, just really pretty much the same. Just no, um, we have a large gatherings and, you know, just staying out late and stuff like that. So how was 2020 for you without football? Uh, 2020 for me was... Um, it's been, uh, it's been, you know, it's been like kind of difficult because we haven't had a season. But at the same time, like I look at the positive and see that, you know, I mean, just seeing my family, you know, spend more time with my family and, and just, you know, just recovering and just being able just to grow in uh, spiritually too, you know, just getting closer with the Lord and just, you know, just growing from there and, and just, you know, spending time really with my family and just catching up on lost time and stuff that I didn't, that I haven't got to spend uh, a lot of time with. Well, normally in a summer you'd be up in Canada, right? So for you to exactly. to have a summer in California, so you you managed to find some silver linings in this. Oh yeah, definitely. Y'all got like I was telling tell myself, y'all got to see the positive in, in in everything. Even though you see a lot of things going on, you just got to see the positive in everything. Just know that you know really that God has a plan for everything that's going on, and so like He's um, you know. Besides, besides everything that's going on, I feel like he's giving us uh, time to, you know, really spend time with family, you know, and also helping us recover from, especially from players that had, like, some injuries, you know, help us have a full recovery so we'd be ready to um, get back to the season. So how much training did you do without really knowing when your next game would be? Mm, that was, tell you, it was, like, it was tough because, like, it was like you don't know, so you like you you were still just preparing like we had another another season, but it was tough being, uh, you know, trying to like stick to it. But at the same time, like I just kept um, preparing and just kept training like we was about to be, be another season until like the final uh, before they finally said like we're not gonna have a season this year. So basically, trained all the way up to May, May and and so long until they said um, it was uh, we're not gonna have a season. Did you feel like you wasted your time? Oh no, no, definitely not, definitely not. 
nah, I, you know, still got to work. You know, because you always got you always got to stay ready and stay prepared and stay, you know, stay ready to go whenever you know whenever it's time. So I mean, it's never a waste of time. You know. Okay. So now looking ahead to what 2021 could look like, maybe, you know, you might end up up here five, six months from now. When do you start really ramping up training for this upcoming season? Um, for me, I would say probably like I'll probably really start ramping up probably like in probably the middle of February because right now I've just been maintaining, just making sure my body's, you know, ready to go, but really just start ramping up um, February all the way to May um, before training camp starts. So the last time – I talked to you was on the field after the Grey Cup win. You probably don't remember talking to me. That's fine because you had a lot going on that night. But how often do you think about that night and everything that happened, the culmination of years of hard work to get the Grey Cup? And I think about it a lot because it's just still sometimes unreal because it's like, dang, you know, we worked so hard. Like we always talk about it, but then when you finally, you know, you get the experience, it's like, dang, I can't believe this is really happening. So, you know, I, I think about it a lot, you know, just, just the time, you know, just the time we had, you know, enjoying that great cup, you know, um, and enjoying the championship, you know, enjoying the time with you had with your brothers, you, you know, your teammates and stuff. And it just, it was just a, you know, just a great experience, you know, for everyone. What was it like when you got your great cup ring in the mail? Oh man, I was, and I was cheesing all the way. And once I opened it, I was like, Oh my goodness, this is crazy. I took pictures of it and everything, man. I was happy. I was just happy to see it. Just happy to put it on my, uh, put it on my hand, and and it was it was and it was it was nice. Do you have it in a safe spot or is it out in the open? Oh no, I got it in a safe spot. I got it in a little uh, ring chest, and then um, I um, got it right where where I could see it and make sure you know, not everybody you know, make sure you know in a little safe spot where you know won't get hurt. I mean, get get um, dents or anything like that. Why was 2019 a breakout season for you? Hold on, you said why? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, um, shoot, it's just you know, just I want to say, it's just you know, just all the preparation, really. You know, just I just felt like I just you know stuck to the plan, and, you know, just really just prepared even before the season started. You know, just going over plays, and you know, just making sure I was ready, you know, to go when it, when my uh, when the time was called. And so basically, just from preparation, you know, and just. You know, and just really just going over plays and then having Adam Big Hill in there, you know, helping me and seeing what he sees so I can, you know, make me play faster on the field. And so really just really just preparation really just helped me really have a break, you know, have a good season and hopefully I could build on that. How much of an influence is Adam Big Hill on you? Oh, man, it's big because so I'll be asking him questions and I'll be and he'd be seeing things before I would say, I'm like, huh? And then he'd like, then he explains it to me. And it's just, it's just a big influence, you know, because it just helps me get better, you know, as a player and then just, you know, getting better as even trying to, you know, even helping other people, you know, just seeing how he leads the team and leads people and help people, you know, just helps me, you know, you know, want to follow want to follow that role and, you know, just just try to help each other, you know, help other people, help other players get better too at the same time. What was it like to score a touchdown against Montreal in September? Oh, that was nice. It was nice, you know. Shout out to Roe, you know, for uh, stripping the ball. And and me just you know just picking and me just picking up and just scoring it man it was it was nice and you know, it was a good feeling. That's shoot, that's probably like shoot, really that's besides college that's yeah that's only my my second touchdown I ever scored in ever since I've been playing football. And how long have you been playing football? Shoot, we I want to say probably how was it? 
15 years now? If we, if we go all if we go all the way back, yeah, like Pop Warner, if we if we go all the way back to Pop Warner, I'd probably say about maybe 15, 18. I want to say probably 15 years. Probably. And in that entire span, even Pop Warner, just two touchdowns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, hold on, hold on. Let me let me hold on. My bad. Let me take that back because in Pop Warner, I got to play running back a little bit. So yeah, I got. So um, I got, I scored a couple of touchdowns then. So okay, but you know, it was, it was Pop Warner though. <laughs> That's true. Like I scored a couple goals in tight hockey, but I don't count those in my career total. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's all good. So, outside of uh, football, family time, what have you? What are you looking forward to most about twenty twenty one? Really, just getting back out there with the team, man. Because I miss the team, man. And like, it's a good. We have a good, you know, good group of players, and it's just it's just um, good to be out there with them and just miss the team. You know, get out there, get on the field. And, you know, just pick up where we left off and just looking forward to just getting back on the field and just, you know, doing what we you know, need to do to get back to where we, um, get back to where we um, want to go, and that's the championship. Well, I appreciate your time tonight. Congratulations on the new two-year deal, and uh, stay safe in California. We hope to see you up in Winnipeg later this year. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Tune in to the CGOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 with me, Christian O'Mell, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. It's actually on iTunes now. Wow. If you got an Android, then I think you're out of luck. But Apple products, you're good. So listen to the podcast. Please subscribe. You can rate it. What's the worst that could happen?